Direct Trust, best known for creating and maintaining the direct protocol-based security and trust framework for secure email messaging in healthcare, has kicked off a new initiative to develop industry standards for secure real-time instant messaging. So what are the goals of this new initiative, dubbed Trusted Instant Messaging Plus, or TIM Plus, and how will it potentially help healthcare providers in their efforts to securely exchange patient data? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group, and today I'm speaking with Scott Stewie, President and CEO of Direct Trust, who will describe the effort. So, Scott, for starters, why is Direct Trust developing a standard for secure instant messaging in healthcare, and what's the status? For instance, back in 2016, Direct Trust had started beta testing a version of its direct protocol to support secure texting and chats involving health information on mobile devices. Is the Trusted Instant Messaging Plus initiative an outgrowth of that? It is. So, Miriam, we've been involved in this conversation for quite some time, and a little-known fact is that actually way back in what they call the bake-off days when Direct was kind of being born, instant messaging was actually thought of as one of the, the approaches taken as opposed to an email approach. And so this is something that the organization has thought about for a considerable period of time. And, yes, this is absolutely a a revisiting of that, and then just moving it through the process. Now, what's different today is that we actually have an ANSI-accredited standards development organization today that can be a place to take this process forward in a way that includes the rest of the environment. So that's, I think, the reason why it has come back up today. So now, Scott, why is a special standard needed for secure instant messaging in the healthcare sector? For instance, don't commercial products today offer secure instant messaging? And what would be different for the healthcare sector? Well, actually, when you think about it, this actually wouldn't have to be specifically for healthcare, but it's really for sensitive data and across enterprises. So this is for communicating between platforms. So let's take it out of the realm of health care for a second and just imagine that you were able to do instant messaging between LinkedIn and Facebook, for example. Now that's not something that they support because they're very kind of, I'm not sure there's a substantial use case for that. But if on, on the other hand, you're talking about an enterprise deployment that's used in one for one EHR and an enterprise deployment that's used in another, how do those two enterprise deployments talk to each other? And so today, Pretty much all of the messaging approaches that are taken are within a platform. So you communicate within a platform. This allows platforms to communicate amongst themselves. And so that's kind of what's unique. Now, the, the healthcare aspect of this, and considering it specific in the healthcare realm, is really around making certain that whatever we do in the way of security and approaches for logging and such meet the requirements under you know, the federal and state laws for, you know, HIPAA, for example, and other state laws for security and privacy. So, Scott, what are some of the main security components of this standard? Well, to be clear, as we move into this standards exercise, as we take 10 plus through our ANSI accredited approach to standards development, you know, things may change. What we have so far is sort of a, a null hypothesis about how this looks. But 
we don't know what how this will come out at the end because this is a consensus process that is kind of required by ANSI. So, but what we expect is that we hope to be able to take advantage of the same basic security components that are a part of direct messaging. That we could take advantage of our PKI framework. That we could take advantage of, of those same kind of basic capabilities. One of the things that's unique about direct messaging that we think we could frankly reuse in the context of Tim Plus would be the ability to find an endpoint. Uh, so in other words, like literally discovery of an endpoint because you know the address of the endpoint. And that is a unique capability that direct messaging provides that we think would have the same sort of value in an environment where you're trying to find a user who's a part of a different deployment, a different platform. So that's kind of a unique problem that you would have if you're trying to make platform-to-platform -platform communications work because you, you need a kind of a, a directory. And you need a way to have that directory work when you're looking for another endpoint. So Scott, what are some of the goals of the TIM Plus initiative and how will it help healthcare providers potentially in their efforts around secure health information exchange? The most interesting thing I've read on this subject is actually out of the UK. Apparently, some 97% of providers in the UK use WhatsApp, you know, in their to communicate about patients and which is not a secure model around communications effectively. It's not really, we wouldn't call it HIPAA compliant in this, in this country. And so there are already folks who desire communication with, you know, a short messaging approach. And, you know, short messaging like SMS, like, the, like literally texting, isn't technically secure either. So having a mechanism that you can be certain is secure and that you will know who, you, who you're talking to. This is the same kind of capability that direct messaging provides, having a clear understanding that the party on the other end is the one you're talking to and that you really know that that person's identity or that organization's identity. That's an important element of what direct messaging provides and what's needed, frankly, to make a, an extra enterprise communication vehicle work effectively. So we also believe that the other kind of unique value proposition around this is that when you move from the notion of instant messaging to just a broader sense of communication, so for instance, video and audio mechanisms or sharing of files and such, being able to do that in the midst of a conversation that you're having through an instant messaging capability could be tremendously valuable in healthcare. Today, when you imagine the way healthcare is done in telemedicine terms, telemedicine today is really mostly, you know, folks using their EHR and then also they have access to a video conversation. That kind of technology isn't very disruptive or, or frankly, very earth-shattering. Imagine instead that the tools you're using for communication are embedded in your electronic health record. That embedded nature of it is what makes it possible for you to do things like take the contents of a conversation and place it into the patient record. That's kind of what, what's unique about the idea of building a standard that is designed to be used in the healthcare context versus one that's designed strictly for use in a, in a commercial setting generally. So healthcare has this special need around how do I integrate this in my workflow? And that's, I think, why, why we think this will be particularly valuable to providers. So, Scott, with that said, how do you foresee healthcare industry stakeholders 
and technology vendors incorporating or complying with the Tim Plus standard with their products? Actually, there are a bunch of products out there already. So there are EHRs that have instant messaging platforms built into their EHR now. And so this would allow those platforms to talk to other platforms of the same ilk. Okay, it would also allow those platforms to talk to independent platforms like the Skypes and the, you know, any of the commercial products that are available in lots of settings being able to connect a strictly healthcare enterprise model to something that is actually meant to be used by a broad consumer base. That's, I think, the promise of this. The opportunity to make those connections. So some of the platforms are already built into EHRs. Still, other companies have platforms that are meant to sort of integrate with EHRs as a bolt-on. And those platforms there are many companies that do that, and we're eager to have them participate in our standards development effort because we think those organizations will have particular interest in this because they, they look to sell their enterprise products into healthcare settings. This would allow them to connect with other products that are deployed by other players or, frankly, even other instances of their, of their products elsewhere. And, Scott, what's next for Tim Plus? What sort of timeline are you looking at? Well, the standards development process, the ANSI standards development process, is a consensus-based process. And frankly, we are eager to have as many people involved in our consensus group, our consensus body, as we can get. But the more people who are involved, frankly, the longer it may take, since consensus is harder to come up with with larger participation. That said, the, the complexity of this standard is not that great. I mean, there's, this is actually made up of standards which are already out there, it's, or we expect it will be. We, we're not certain that the consensus body will land right where our current null hypothesis is. But assuming, for instance, that uh, what we now imagine is that XMPP, which is a standard that everybody, that a lot of folks use in the instant messaging realm, would be the way we would util- what we would utilize in this space it's a well-understood standard that we could then basically put that together with the, the kinds of security componentry we use in direct messaging to create this kind of secure extra enterprise approach. That, I think, could take, you know, it might take six months. It might take a year. It kind of depends on what sort of things we discover. But uh, we are new to the ANSI standards development process. This will be our second initiative under Direct Trust Standards, which is the organization that we are doing standards development in. And But we're not new to standards development. I mean, the direct community has been involved in developing standards since 2011. So this is not going to be new for our community, but it is new for our organization. So as we work our way through that, we're hoping that we can do it in the six months to a year time frame. And frankly, we can work a little bit in parallel with this. As the standard starts to come into play, one of the things that we will do inside of Direct Trust is to think through what sort of policy is required to support such a standard, uh, because the standard itself is not enough to just deploy on its own, although it technically can be. But it's, it's easier, it's more scalable, it's more effective it's, if it's in the context of a trust framework, which is what we will be considering in parallel. And finally, Scott, are there any other direct trust efforts underway that you'll be doing that you'd like to describe? What else should we be watching for this year from direct trust? Well, as we built our ANSI 
development organization, we announced in our announcement that we are actively interested in proposing standards that relate to both interoperability and identity. So as the healthcare environment tries to determine how identity is going to be solved, because healthcare identity is at the fundamental crux of, of a bunch of problems. So patient matching, for example, has been a real challenge for interoperability. And, uh, but there's a whole bunch of other problems that happen, just you know, duplication of patient records inside of a, a one health system, sometimes as high as 20 and 30 percent. In other words, that there are records for patients that are, that are duplicated. And that kind of problem is, is solved by an, an overarching identity construct, which in healthcare has not really been developed. So those are the kinds of things that we're really focused on, both interoperability and identity. So identity is an area we have strength in because our members are they identity-proof individuals and organizations in support of direct messaging. And so we have an interest in promoting you know, identity approaches that are scalable for what we see as kind of a new world order as fire is deployed. So I think those are the kinds of things that we're going to be thinking about in the future. So watch for additional announcements. I think uh, yet this year, I anticipate we will have some identity-related things that will come through our standards development efforts. And we're really excited about that opportunity. Thanks, Scott. I've been speaking to Scott Stewie. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.